Before we get started, I want to thank everybody for giving us a chance and listening in. And I uh, want to let you know that this is our first episode back. We did have some audio issues, so part of the episode was lost. And some of it, you can tell, is uh, edited just to kind of make it work. Uh, we have since solved that problem, but uh, this uh, episode, we didn't want it to go to waste. So we went ahead and pieced together as much as we could, and there's still a good bit there. It's just a, an introduction to the Omni Geeks uh, 2.0 podcast, and we hope that you enjoy. You're listening to the best gaming and pop culture podcast with pre-existing conditions. If you're listening and you like what you hear, you're welcome. If you didn't like it, we're sorry. You're invited to join us on an episode and make it better. Just email us at omnigeekcast at gmail.com. Type the words guest host as your subject. All right, let's uh, welcome everybody to the Omnigeek cast, which this time is Omnigeek cast 2.0. Omnigeek cast, a family-friendly discussion of comics, games, movies, music, and other fandoms. And uh, this time around, it's probably going to be mostly games, uh, because right now in 2020, there's not uh, not a lot going on at the movie theater. So we'll, we'll discuss some shows we're watching and some other things, but mostly video games, because uh, our new co-host, Grant, is as much into video games as I am, as I am, and, uh, and so I, I'm looking forward to this, and... Uh, I guess by way of, of intro, what we what we sometimes like to do is just uh, talk a little bit about maybe our history with with gaming itself or whatever fandoms you have and some things like that. But this is kind of an intro episode, and we're just going to talk about ourselves a lot and what we've been doing and, and kind of a, an introduction to us, and then we'll talk about some, some recent things in the news. But uh, I'm excited to have Grant with me. And we're going to have uh, different guests each week, so we'll talk about about that a little more later. But uh, what have you been doing this week, Grant? And uh, what have you been doing? Uh, life, I guess. <laughs> life, life-wise, has been nothing but work. I work in public health, so uh, not to dwell on everything that's been on the news. But my my job's been a little little uproar the last couple of weeks. Um, I can but, imagine. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, um, gaming-wise, I picked up, uh, late to the party, I picked up Mario Kart 8 on the Switch for uh, my family. Because my daughter, she's she's nine. She's just now getting to the point where she can figure out how to play games and stuff. Um, yeah. Unlike a lot of our listeners, a lot of me, I was playing pitball when I was still wearing diapers. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, we've been having a real good time with it teaching her how to play teaching her how to drift how to use the weapons it's been it's been fun um one thing i do love about nintendo games and i'm i'm primarily playstation 4 but there is a soft spot soft spot in my heart for nintendo because yeah they are so family friendly um yeah first party nintendo games are always good and it's funny because it's the same thing over and over i mean the concept <laughs> of mario is the same thing over and over but i will still buy it because it's slightly different but they're well it's a perfect formula you, in my opinion <laughs> oh yeah well i was just thinking as you were saying that that it doesn't change much i was thinking about now listen this is going to date me a little bit but way back in 1997 uh, when I was in college, we played, of course, Nintendo 64 was, was fairly new. We played GoldenEye mm -hmm. and Mario Kart. And that was that was our late night dorm room sessions. And I cannot imagine how much work I would have missed, how many classes I would have missed if we had had Mario Kart 8 oh, yeah. back in 1997. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, let's see, I was in college in the early 2000s and... I'm not going to lie. I skipped a lot of days to play Diablo 2. So, <laughs> yeah, I can I can understand that completely. It, it would be, if I had access to the games that I have access to now, I don't think there's any way I could finish college. 
<laughs> I don't have that kind of self-control. Yeah. Well, that, that was me, especially in college. Uh, so I went, I went straight to a four-year college right out of high school. And I, looking back, I'm like, I, at 18 years old, I really didn't need to be moving out of the house yet. <laughs> no, no. It was, but that, that is a very big transition. I did the same thing. I, by actually it was my second year of college is whenever I ended up and moved out. I had an apartment with a girl and let's just say working 40 hours a week, living on your own, going to college as a 19 year old, 20 year old, <laughs> you can definitely tell which students did it and which students didn't. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned that Mario Kart, of course, all Nintendo games, family friendly. Um, it's interesting because Mario Kart 8 is one of the few games that my family as a whole will sit down and play. Like my wife's not really into games. My son, I'm, I'm bringing him on. I mean, he's, he's full on, he's head first into it. So he's full on gaming, you know, but, uh, the two things that my wife will play with us for any length of time right now are, uh, and this sounds odd, but Wii Sports, yeah, and Mario Kart Eight, yeah. Those are the two things that she'll she'll go, you know, bowling with us and and uh, and race around the the Mario Kart tracks. But other than that, she's we tried to me and my wife tried the Overcooked, <laughs> and I don't know, <laughs> that is just not the, that's not really the game for. Uh, a marriage anybody to be yeah for a marriage or for any kind of friendship if you want to if you want to retain that friendship you don't need to be playing with someone oh. that you're close to yeah. that game is crazy it is that <laughs> i've never played a game more stressful than that and it is i i don't even know how to how to phrase it but that game is so stressful well and even at first, I thought it was because, you know, my wife is not really into games. So I thought, I thought, well, maybe I just need to get some people that are as much into games as I am, and then we can be better at it. We can do better at it. It doesn't matter how skilled you are no. at video games. That game will wreck you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you start getting to the uh, levels where the levels are separated, like you're on the different <laughs> truck beds and stuff. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> so that you can't you can't have one person just say look i'll just do it all yeah uh, when you have to depend on the other person <laughs> and then the, the health inspector and in me is like why is that lettuce on the floor <laughs> i guess that's probably pretty rough <laughs> well and i haven't tried pikmin 3 on the switch yet i knew you had that on the on the notes have you played that you know i okay i have it on the wii u and I, I loved it. I loved it on the Wii U. I just, I don't like, I don't like the Wii U as a console. Um, yeah. I just don't, I don't like the gamepad and the TV. One or the other is cool. And I know there's different ways to play it and all that, but I played it for a little bit. But then my wife has a Switch. I have a Switch. And then it has a co-op mode on it as well. Once you get past the tutorial and you can play through the story mode together, drop in, drop out. That's what we plan on doing as soon as we get some time. We, I downloaded right. it on release date, and I <laughs> haven't even – I got it installed on both Switches. I guess I'm that's half the battle. <laughs> so you you can tell that you're preparing to play yeah. it. You're just waiting on the time. And we just got to – yeah, we got to get time. Like I said, you know, I work in public health. My wife works in public health as well. So – so this has just been the perfect year for you guys to have uh, all the free time in the world, right? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. One of the one of the things and and I guess where I where I wanted to be focused, one of the things I wanted to do with Omni Geeks, you know, in general is just that idea of escapism. Just quit thinking about all the things and especially right. you know right now we're recording this this first episode of the the new run of podcasts we're recording this in the midst of all this election mess going on oh, and yeah. i don't even want to speak one that of, word <laughs> and, and yeah and and even that even saying that word i just want to go brush my teeth right now but i, I just uh I want all of this to just be, look, we're not thinking about any of that. And and we'll talk about it more as we go. I know, but you and I come from different backgrounds. We have different beliefs, different, certain different ways of life. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that as you, 
as you find hobbies and you meet people through those hobbies, you realize that a lot of times that stuff, your quote way of life or your belief system, it, it doesn't have to divide you from people. Yeah. You just, you just understand, look, we live in a country where everybody's free to do what they want to live, how they want. Yeah. That's great. It doesn't matter. I through, through gaming, I have found friends all over the world of different religions, different beliefs and everything. And it is, put that aside and we're friends because of the games yeah and that's sometimes that's the the friends that you you contact through your hobbies those are going to be your closest friends and that, it's crazy to say that i have some friends that are closer to me through gaming than friends that i've met you know in other areas yeah. whether it's religion or whatever you know people that you go to church with or whatever you'd think oh those are some of the closest friends I, some of the closest friends i have are people i've met through gaming yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and part of that is literally just look we all love this we all love this hobby and we all get along because we're not worried about all this other stuff that because I, it's escaping yeah. is really what it is yeah. and the, pr the problem you hit is when you don't allow it to be escapist. Yeah. And that's even that's that's the only time sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. It's even more no no it's go even ahead. more prevalent on um when you play MMOs with people. I played I played mm. Warcraft for about ten years. I quit in uh, roughly two thousand well, not ten years. I quit in about two thousand nine when my daughter was born. Or no, I'm sorry, she was born in eleven. I quit in two thousand eleven when she was born. I started in about two thousand four uh, on release. And some of the people that I've met on that, I don't even play anymore. And we're still, we still talk to each other on a daily basis. One of them, or actually two of them have passed away uh, since I started playing. And that hurt me just as much as yeah. a friend. And I've, one of them I'd never met in real life, but I would talk to him weekly on the phone. Right. That's one of the great things about any hobby, but gaming especially, and what with this online stuff and see, you get into the online discussion, you know this because we've been talking about this for the past few years about really last year was the the beginning of my resurgence as far as like online gaming because I've spent the past five years <laughs> living in a place where I did not have – I say I didn't have high-speed internet. I really didn't have any kind of speed internet. I was, I was working with uh, – 750k download speed it's kind of hard to play through morris code <laughs> yeah it's it's tough to uh you know when when i when i would get a ps4 game i always tell people uh they say oh well you know after the update this game is, is kind of fixed or whatever so you got to understand when i buy a new ps4 game and put it in the system and it says 99 plus hours for update to download and it says that the whole time I have the game, I beat most games before the initial <laughs> patch finishes downloading. That's how slow my internet was. And so when we moved here last year, we bought we bought a house in a new town, got a new job, and we, we moved to a neighborhood that is actually has gigabit internet. And do I need gigabit internet? No. But when that opportunity arose, I said, you know what? I'm going hog wild with this. I have suffered, and this is my reward for suffering for the past five years. Right. <laughs> so, so I just went ahead and 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 got the gigabit. And I have to say, I uh, I did not realize what all I was missing out on. As Tom Haverford would say, "Treat yourself." <laughs> yeah, for the longest time, I was. I was not really, I didn't even like to do digital downloads because I, I just, for one thing, it took so long. I never downloaded a game unless it was just a, an indie title. And it was even the really small indie titles, it would take all night right, to download. Yeah. So, so AAA games digitally weren't even a, a possibility for me. So I was, I've kind of swung all the way to the other end, you know, to talk about things we've been doing. One of the things I've been doing is checking out the uh, streaming services. So I've been doing xCloud, been doing PS Now, I've been doing Stadia, because I got some 
uh, you know, they got some good deals for like, okay, the first month, this is free or the first month, this is a dollar, you know? So, so I've been trying all those this past month and, you know, you, we have on the, on the list to talk about today, the, you know, the, the new systems coming out, honestly, like these streaming services are kind of like my next gen system experience yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. I myself, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the hugest Xbox fan. I do have an Xbox one. I have an original Xbox. I have a 360. I have a pretty good library on all of them, but for the most part, the only reason I buy like the Xbox is to play the first party games, uh, Halo. Yeah. And, uh, in all honesty, the only reason why I bought an Xbox one was to play Cuphead. And, but now it's on PS4 and switch, (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you were talking the other day, uh, you can play it on almost any any device that you have now because of the cloud service. And I'm 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 half tempted to wait on the well, I'm not half tempted. I am going to wait, but I'm hoping that most of the Xbox One exclusives that I want to play are going to be available on um, Game Pass. And then I'll sign up for their online service instead of plopping down the you know five hundred bucks for the console. Yeah, and and I'll say this, uh, you know, the, as far as the the streaming services, uh, I want to do a video on them uh, on the on the Geeks YouTube, and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But right now, I'm just kind of building all the thoughts in my head. But the first thing that uh, you notice, for one thing. Before last year, this wouldn't even have been a possibility for me. And I understand that there's a lot of people in this country, especially, but especially like places like Australia, that the entire country has slow internet. You know, they're not, they're not even really able to think about streaming games, which one of the things that, that is nice is that you can, you can download, if you have the streaming service, you can download the game to your system and, and, and play it just fine without right. having to stream it. So that's nice to to have that that option if you don't have the fastest internet. But one of the things that I've I've noticed is like the PS Now. I, I love that. There's a lot of games on there from PS2, PS3, PS4, indie games. It's a big selection. But the big difference between PS Now and game pass is that xbox puts games day and date when as soon as they're released right. a lot of them will yeah. go straight to game pass that's the big difference yeah i've seen that they have as far as the catalog goes that that catalog is a heck of a lot better than ps now well that's why i said like the ps now there's a lot of awesome games on there but they're all older a lot of ps2 and ps3 games and the, the PS4 games, nothing that is is a new release is on there. It, it's it's usually at least six months old right. before it's on there. And the only other thing I've tried is Stadia because they had a they had a free uh, it was either free or it was like a dollar for the first month or something like that to try. And I like Stadia. The streaming technology is there. And the fact that I can just have the app on my phone and I, I pair up a, a DualShock 4 to my Android phone and go to town, you know, don't even have to buy any hardware for the Stadia. I like that, but they still charge full price right. for the game. So you're yeah. paying for the, you're paying for the ability to stream, but then you pay 60 bucks for the game. And you don't even download it. I mean, it's bad enough to say, well, I don't feel like I own it if I download just a digital file. You don't even get to do that with Stadia. You're just paying full price to be able to stream it. And if you only watch the previews, it appears like a Netflix for games. Well, and that's, that's basically, that's exactly what it is. And that's exactly what PS Now is and Xbox, the X Cloud. That's exactly what those are. And that's the perfect model. And honestly, I've always been a collector and I want to own the games. But as I get older and as I start space. thinking about uh, <laughs> the space and the money spent, I just kept thinking, you know, 10 bucks a month, I'm paying that for Netflix or for Hulu or for Amazon 
sometimes more than that for some of them. And then if you think about the way you, the way I play games, by the time I finish buying and selling, buying and selling, trading in and all that, I mean, it's literally, it's a better financial proposition for me to just stream the games for yeah. nine ninety nine. But on, like you said, on Stadia. Because you get to play like way more on games. Stadia, though, you have yeah, to pay for on, the license as well. So if you want. Yeah, you still have yeah, to purchase play the Assassin's game. Creed Odyssey, you still have to buy it, but you're, it's kind of, you're renting it if you want to put it that way, because you don't technically own it, but you own the rights to the license. It's just like it's a digital game, though. Technically, you own the license for it, and if they ever decide to pull it, you can't get it back. Take uh, PT, for example. Uh, yeah. Some of the consoles are going for upwards of 500 to to 1000 bucks and a PT on the hard drive. Because it's gone. Well, and, and see, that's there's all kinds of games. That's like uh, Scott Pilgrim, you know, versus the world. Uh, by the time I got around to wanting to play that, it was yeah. no longer available. They're bringing it back, though. And, yeah, I saw that, and I'm ready for that. But uh, that's one of the reasons that I always grab up physical copies of certain things, because I know that when that company decides, ah, we're done with it, you know, they'll just they'll toss it to the side, yeah. and then it's lost. And so a big part of what I do lately is just uh, that kind of conservation effort because it seems like these game companies don't – and this could be a whole other – really one of the things we're doing during this first episode is is listing all these topics for other episodes. Gripe list. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. But uh, these game companies, sometimes they don't seem to care about preserving anything. Once they've made their money from it, they don't care about the files being lost or, or something that's being taken off the store and people not having access to it anymore. It's it's literally the the emulators and the people that are modding stuff that uh, are really preserving video game history way more than uh, than any of the companies yeah, are. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that's another one of those topics for. A whole episode unto itself, but uh, so uh, changing gears well, here. Did you get a chance to play Mario Thirty Five? I started to the other day, and uh, I, now I've listened to a lot of different uh, people who have played it and reviewed it, and they they seem to like it. Um, I just haven't gotten to sit down and and play it yet. I think my I think my main uh, hesitation is that I'm just not going to be well, very good at let, it. Let me, let me tell <laughs> but, you this: I'm I'm not a pro at Mario, but I am pretty good at Mario games. I have not won on Mario 35 <laughs> at all. I've came close. I think I got 11th at one time. But I'm one of those. I don't want to play it safe. I want to try to get it going. But I've watched uh, players like the, yeah. the Mexican runner, the speed runner, uh, play and those last couple people knocking out it just gets brutal well and i know well that's like anything that i've ever played online uh years ago when i was playing halo 3 and call of duty 4 stuff like that um i would always end up like middle of the pack you know so i, I mean i consider myself a fairly good gamer as far as you know, just a, a skill and ability. But when you, it doesn't matter how good you think you are. When you get online, you realize you're literally just average. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're not. But there's always, there's always somebody that is just able yeah. to run circles around you. And usually it's that 11 year old that doesn't do anything but come home right. from school and play first right. person shooters absolutely. all night. <laughs> Kid that's failing school because they'd rather play Fortnite. Me, I'm <laughs> right. playing Fortnite to relax, and not, not playing Fortnite, but Overwatch. Playing Overwatch to relax, and then just get just stomped and want to quit. <laughs> well, and yeah, that's I guess that's the big difference uh, with with people that are more our our age, or I won't say our generation, but that's 
makes me feel older to say our generation, but that's really kind of what it is now. But <laughs> our generation, literally, that's why we play games. We want to relax. And these younger kids today, some of them are literally considering like, okay, can I make this a career? Can I go pro doing this? Yeah. And and that's it's crazy to think of that. And people used to make fun of that notion to say, oh, well, whatever. Like, you're going to make money. What are you going to do? You're going to play video games for uh, a living? Yeah. And that, that's along the same lines of that, you know, your teacher saying years ago, well, you're not going to have a calculator <laughs> in your pocket. So you're going to have to learn how to do this. And that, now look what we have. We have right. supercomputers in our pocket. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's a, every time I go online, I'm reminded that with these newer types of games, the first-person shooters and things like that, especially, I am at the very best middle of the road, even though I've been playing for years and I should have more experience than most of the younger people. The the truth is, like they just they put way more time and effort into it yeah. than I do. <laughs> yeah. Plus, they're a little bit younger. Their reflexes are a little bit quicker than ours. Yeah, and when I was teaching uh, high school, we had a, uh, I guess, kind of a lock-in one night with the, uh, with some of the the high schoolers, and uh, we played some video games that night. Well, I brought some some older stuff. We played uh, the Last Blade Two. We had a tournament. Neo on the Neo Geo fighting game, The Last Blade 2. And uh, we set up brackets and had the tournament for that. Well, I I won that tournament because of the play style. And we had I had my arcade controllers. So we had we had authentic arcade sticks and buttons. And we had the game itself projected up onto the wall. And I just I just waxed the field. I wrecked shop in that game because of the style of game and because of the the type of play that is. And then we went over to like Team Fortress 2 and everybody logged on and we had a huge uh, a huge uh, match with Team Fortress 2. And I, I was bottom of the slate every time on that because that's all they played. That at the time, that's they were just all about Team Fortress 2, even, you know, and, and their their nights at the house. Every night they were playing that. They all had uh, better weapons and, and better stats because they'd been playing it for so long. And I was basically just like a stock character with no upgrades or anything. And I, you know, I got to, I got waxed in that because it just wasn't what I was yeah. playing all the time. But you could tell the you could tell the difference in uh, in their ability and what they practice in, and then and then my ability to completely dominate in this old school fighting game that I really had never played much. I just knew all of the stereotypical you know button button combinations and stuff like that that was in the games of that era, and just because of that they were like no you've played this before i said no i, I haven't it's just that a lot of these moves are the same thing yeah, across every, all games. every fighting game has a has a hadouken so yeah yeah so uh that was that was an interesting thing to see like the the difference in the generations of of games and the generations of gamers that even though i've been playing games for years when it comes to the newer games they were still more skilled than I was because they've been, they put more time and effort into, into those games. And for me, it's literally just unwinding at the end of the day for yep. a few hours and I'm done. So, well, I know that we could probably talk about games for uh, hours, but there are other things that we wanted to, to cover and that we'll we'll try to do. You know, in thinking about doing the things, there's a lot of things that we do. You've already mentioned, you know, the, the work that you do. And uh, we've already talked about the fact that we don't just play games nonstop. There's other interests that we have. There's other we have families, we have jobs, we have other hobbies besides just gaming. 
and one of the things and again this is another thing that it could be a topic unto itself but disney star wars it's gone back and forth uh, are they ruining it are they making it better what you know what do you think about the different movies in the new trilogy that's a whole other topic but one of the things that most people agree on is that the mandalorian is pretty awesome it is <laughs> that's not just if if you think the mandalorian is bad you are wrong and that's the thing like it's interesting because the mandalorian like i watched the whole first season and just right away from the first episode of the first season you can tell like this is not like anything we've seen from the star wars universe it's yeah. literally a western and i i really do enjoy the when you get away from the whole keeping up with the skywalker saga and you get into the other parts of Star Wars, there's a whole lot going on that a lot of people don't know about. Well, and that's that's one of my favorite things about the Mandalorian. I was thinking the other day that I think about like when my dad or my grandfather used to just sit in front of the TV and watch old westerns, and the pattern or the 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 way of the episode of a western. Is li it's literally the, what the Mandalorian is as far as that. It's completely yeah. episodic. It, it has an overarching story, but you can watch any individual episode right. and enjoy it. And you don't have to you don't have to keep up with the lore. I mean, it, it obviously helps. And those of who are Star Wars fans and have been for years, they're gonna keep up with the lore. They're gonna notice the uh, the little hidden gems that they put in there. Uh, that's like. Uh, episode one of season two there's a lot of things in there that if you if you're not paying attention you would just completely fly right. over your head and you enjoy the episode you enjoy the story but then those little hidden nods to stuff yeah. unless subtle, you're subtle unless you're really paying movies. attention you'll miss stuff yeah 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 uh that's like uh i saw the other day i, I didn't notice it the first time i watched it but i was watching a video review of it and somebody mentioned uh when mando and the marshal are riding out to to look at the uh, look at the the dragon or where he's at mando's on a speeder bike and the marshal is on something else and you, and you realize wait a minute that is literally one of the engines from anakin's right yeah pod racer that has been modified to be a speeder bike and you don't i didn't even notice it upon the first watch i just thought oh that that's different he's not on a speeder bike he's on something else and it didn't even click until i watched the video and somebody's like you know what yeah. that is right yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a whole lot even even the the, the, the crate dragon itself is a callback yeah. to um a new hope when obi-wan saves luke from the sand people yeah it does a, a guttural right. uh yell and then he just in passing mentions oh i did the uh hunting call of a crate dragon and they they fled you know or something like that i don't remember the exact phrasing that he had it's been been a while right. since i saw a new hope but uh but yeah it was the whole that whole episode was a callback to that one line i like i like where they're going with the mandalorian um i saw a thing that yesterday i think it was talking about really they're they're trying to almost write an alternate timeline as if they're they're filling in this space right after the original trilogy and then they're gonna they're basically gonna act like well this this new star wars trilogy that disney has put out they're just like ignoring that they're gonna say we're gonna we're yeah. gonna go off in our own direction here and so that's that's uh, uh, the best way to do it, I guess, because they're if they try to go back in and fill in the gap and and tie it all together, it'll it'll wind up being a mess by the time you get yeah. closer to my the new uh, my opinion on the new trilogy movies is they're not bad movies, but they're not good Star Wars movies. Um, I'm not a huge fan of them. They just I don't know. They just it didn't do it for me. It it didn't feel, and I, part of it was probably the problems that they had with the directors, and 
there was so much retconning yeah, within each yeah. movie. It just didn't feel like it had a good flow to it. The main problem with them is that they did not they did not sit down and map out the entire trilogy. They let each director decide what they wanted to do with their own movie. And then, of course, after you had two movies, then they had to yeah. figure out, oh, what are we going to yeah. do now? <laughs> because because uh, Johnson just completely, he went off in his own direction. And not only did he tell his own story from his own perspective, he completely ruined most of The Force Awakens yeah. and what it was trying to set up. <laughs> so yeah. that that was the problem, was they just didn't have it mapped out. And uh, it's like you said, they're, they're entertaining movies, but as far as Star Wars, I mean, Star Wars is an event. I mean, I, I remember the prequel trilogy when it came out, and those are not the best movies either, but I remember the hype behind those and, and the, how all of us who were Star Wars fans from way back, that was just such a big deal. And then Force Awakens comes along. That was a big deal. Yeah. That was that same feeling. And then you really didn't have, you had a little bit of that going into The Last Jedi, but after seeing The Last Jedi, yeah. all and of I'm, that was I'm, just kind of I'm sorry for all the Kylo Ren fans out there, but Kylo Ren was not an intimidating villain. If they had left the helmet on, it might have, yeah. it might have worked. I was surprised by how much yeah. time he spent with no helmet on. And I understand what they were may have been going for was to eventually bring him back to the light. I understand that, but for him to be as imposing as they wanted him to be, I mean, the lightsaber was cool. And the idea of the Knights of Ren, that was, that was a right. cool idea, but then it just went nowhere. And again, like that's, we could literally <laughs> do a series of episodes on star Wars. You know? <laughs> so, but yeah, those are just, that's another thing that those things that we're interested in like that, we could just sit and shoot the breeze for hours on end about just right. one property, one fandom. And so that that's one thing about that idea of Omni Geeks. Anyway, it's literally like I have so many things that I'm a fan of. We could be talking sports or we could be talking games or movies or shows. But it, it's all kinds of different things that are all, literally all they should be escapism. And one of the problems with Star Wars in particular, but with a lot of properties today, is that they're trying to bring in so many real world issues into your escapism. That's my problem with it. It's not necessarily somebody's particular viewpoint on certain issues. It's the fact that I want to watch a show or a movie that has nothing right. to do with real life. <laughs> I don't I don't want to think about the issues that I'm seeing on the news while I'm watching Doctor Who or Star Wars or playing a game. I, just I, I noticed game. that when <laughs> we took my daughter to see Zootopia. And I'm like, this... Uh -huh. I feel like this movie, and well, Zootopia is not a bad movie at all. I feel like Zootopia is inherently a movie about racial divide. And I'm like, okay. Right. But let's just stick with Predator and Prey. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Well, and, and see, that's my thing is it, it's not that I really, I've said from for years, it's a blessing that we live in the country we do and that I have the right to believe what I believe and live how I want to live. And you have the right to believe what you believe and live how you want to live. And for me to be able to appreciate my rights, I have to allow you to have your rights. So I don't care what, where you fall on a particular issue. And that, that's not the, that's not my problem with things. People are going to believe what they want to believe. That's fine. We're all free to do that. But when you, when you take things that are supposed to be just good fun, just good fun hobbies, whether it's a game or a movie or watching a TV show, and you try to make a point with that medium, instead of just making a good movie, you want to, 
you want to bring in this issue and make a point about that issue, right. there's other places to do yeah. that besides our entertainment yeah. medium. Like, <laughs> I, I'm looking at my movie shelf right now, and I'm looking at The Goonies. I can't think of a social issue that was thrown into The Goonies other than unsupervised children. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's right. that's what makes that movie fun. A lot of those... You go back to a lot of the 80s movies. I mean, yeah, look at E.T. We were watching E.T. with my son not too long ago. And I was just thinking, like, I, when I watched this movie when I was a child, I never looked at it from the perspective of a parent. But now when I watch it, I'm just thinking, where yeah. are all the parents? What are they doing? They're not even watching their kids. Their kids are all over the county on their bicycles. Their parents are doing whatever. Nobody even knows what. Maybe they're at work. Maybe they're at home. They're not paying any attention to their kids. And I understand that was a different time, right. but but still, I mean, their kids go for a big portion of the movie housing an alien right. in the house. We, we and have uh, recently let my daughter start watching <laughs> Stranger Things, and she, she's nine, but she's a mature nine. Yeah, and she's like she. It's hard for her right. to grasp the concept of these kids ran all over the town by themselves all the time because we live in a <laughs> in a city, a small city, and she doesn't get out of the yard. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, we live in a neighborhood that literally, I mean, it's it's a safe neighborhood. There's kids all over the neighborhood, but still... Yeah. My son doesn't leave the yard unless I'm with it. And a big right. part of that is just, you know, society today. And I understand when I was when I was smaller, when I was younger, I could get on my bike and ride. It would be literally it might be hours before my parents even think to call out. So, hey, where are you? And I and I understand that, but uh you're right. That's interesting that she as young as she is, she yeah. can tell that like that's and just to, odd today <laughs> to have these kids just living you know, living life and their parents are nowhere to be hollering distance <laughs> and or were home when the streetlights came on you know <laughs> well and that and that was us like we'd go out in the woods we'd get on our bikes and ride you know across to the other side of the county and right. as long as you're home for supper nobody cares right. <laughs> oh hey, Craig broke his leg out in the woods today. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a it was a different time. Well, I I know that we've gone through a lot of the things that we had on our show notes. It's interesting we made those show notes, but in in what I do, I I'll write an outline whether it's uh speaking publicly or it's writing a book or an article, I'll make an outline and then I try to stick to that outline. Which is we made an outline for the show, but we've we've gone all over it. We've covered some stuff on it, but we haven't gone just down the row. We've we've gone all over the the outline, and that's fine. That's it, that it makes a for a better show. I, think. So that's, uh, I like spontaneity of it, and it does. Like I like I said, the best the best podcasts that I I have enjoyed listening to are literally just some folks sitting around shooting the breeze. And they get a they get into certain topics eventually, but I mean it's nice to just you feel like you're sitting in a room with them and, and hanging out. And there's a lot of podcasts that are so structured and so uh, so just by the numbers it feels like a we're, we're gonna feels like a we're gonna try to be an off the cuff but. podcast. Well, and and uh, I know that uh, one of the things that's different this time is using Anchor FM. And some of the things that they have available uh, for us to use, they have a uh, a place where we can have our our own uh, page. And we do want to mention one of the things we'll do towards the end of every episode is any kind of viewer feedback or listener feedback. And one of the neat things that Anchor FM allows us to do is to take voicemails from listeners. And uh, we want to make a mention of that, I guess. Anchor FM, anchor.fm slash omnigeeks, one word. Uh, 
is where our page is, and you can leave a message on there. But one of the things that you and I were talking about, Grant, is that we wanted to have people to kind of be on with us and to to be guests on the show. And of course, we have a lot of friends that are willing and and wanting to do that. But the way we're going to do it is literally anybody that's a listener has the chance to hop on here with us and to to talk about whatever the weekly topic is so that that's that's one of the things i think that may separate us from from most podcasts is that any of the listeners has the opportunity to just hop on here and do a show yeah. with us yeah that's uh and i mean we have uh give a, a shout out to uh to josh does things and uh rapscallion brigade which me and you were both part of at one time and that's the thing too is like our our facebook group uh, you know video game addicts i know there's a lot of those that are are able to and wanting to hop on with us occasionally and uh the rapscallion brigade we're we're no longer a part of that uh up front but i still get on there and, and watch some of the streams and especially uh josh josh does things right i think right now he's still playing through the skylanders and uh he see he's he's going through there and 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 getting all the trophies for the skylanders games play he's going to platinum and i i think uh there's some people that are just way more devoted to these platinum trophies than than i ever would be i I, sometimes it's just that i'm not really good enough to get all the platinum trophies and sometimes it's just that i just rather i have such add right. that i'd rather just go on to something else <laughs> so that's that's admirable to see somebody that's able to just go through and, and and get some entertainment and get some fun out of platinum these trophies and all these all these games just going through i've already beat the game i've gone through the story and now i want to go back and extend the life of that yeah. game and now you have to get uh, all these platinum you trophies. have expressed that you were going to get back into <laughs> streaming as well and i know i'm i'm planning on it and so honestly mm -hmm. we'll take uh i don't know about you nathan but i'll take suggestions on if you guys want me to stream a particular game or something i'll play anything even bad games well and and that's that's kind of where i'm at with the with the streaming uh i am wanting to of course, I, I'm not really getting back into streaming. I'm getting into streaming in the first place. But uh, uh, one of the things I was going to do is try to do some things that are different, right. but then also have some of those gaming streams. But uh, yeah, it, like I said, anchor.fm slash OmniGeeks, if somebody wants to leave uh, a voicemail or suggestions for us. One of the things I was going to do is literally, like you said, this suggestion Saturdays is whatever you think i should play i'll i'll try you know i don't and i'm like you i'll play any kind of game any style of game i don't i'm not really pinned into one particular genre and uh so since this is the uh the wrap-up of a uh, a whole generation um what's your favorite game of your, this generation well I, I saw on the uh i saw on the, the show notes that you had uh favorite game and yep. then also individual systems and so it, it's tough for me to pick a favorite game overall i guess if i was going to pick one for the whole generation i'd think about what i've enjoyed playing the most or what i've spent the most time in or what i could what i could go back to over and over and over I, it's probably either breath of the wild or spider-man ps4 as far as just what i could just pop in and play anytime over and over and it's fun every single time uh i guess that's that's probably what i if if i'm thinking of a favorite game of the generation that's probably it now there has been some amazing storylines really, this generation i really got sucked into um, the storyline for horizon zero dawn and the gameplay on it and everything you just it, yeah, it yeah. felt good, and few games can do that. They actually feel good to play. Well, that's—I guess—that's why I have such a hard time picking. Like, literally, this is my single favorite game, because I try to think about well, 
if I'm thinking about story or narrative or just uh, going through that game one time and what kind of experience that was, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn is definitely up there. Uh, but then I think about games that I could keep going back to or games that I would play through again already knowing the story and some of it is those most uh, those more open world type of games where even a, even spider-man yeah. like it, there's so many things to do in in that new york city and i've only i've been to new york city one time i was in new york city for one day uh, as we were traveling through and you can almost in playing Spider-Man PS4, you can almost just tour around the city and <laughs> and look at all the, the different landmarks and stuff. It would be it would be neat to just have that island of Manhattan that's in that game and just be yeah. a normal person just strolling through town, just experiencing stuff. I mean, it, it's it's amazing how and I can't imagine what the PS5 and the Series X are going to do as far as the graphics. Because Spider-Man yeah. PS4, yeah. it's and just and about when you're thinking about it, Don't think about the launch games that come out. Think about the end of the generation games. Because if you look at the launch games for the PS4 oh, yeah. versus the end of generation PS4 games, there's a huge difference in most of them. What you always have at the beginning of any generation is... You basically have the same games that are at the tail end of the previous generation. They just look a little better. They're they're just a little cleaner. And so you look at stuff like uh, The Last of Us Remastered for the PS4. It's it's just a little cleaner than The Last of Us PS3. It's a little crisper. But then you you take that all the way over into some of these latest games. You take something like Ghost of Tsushima. You wouldn't have had that type no. of graphical Su fidelity at the beginning of the generation. Beautiful, beautiful game. The story is great. The voice acting is good. There's a few bugs in it here or there. There's things that disappear, birds that disappear. The bird gets stuck. <laughs> You're following the whole generation. Well, my favorite game of the generation right, is Horizon right. Zero Dawn overall. So my favorite PS4 game not counting Horizon Zero Dawn, right, right. is Ghost of Tsushima. It, it says something about the graphical prowess of any system or any generation that one of the main features yeah. of games today is that photo mode. It's crazy to think that that's a whole separate pastime now to just literally take a screenshot of your game right. and just say, look how beautiful this is. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to think. Some of my favorite games I've played this time around have been on the Switch, but it's been more, even like Mario Odyssey, it felt like a yeah. continuation of Super Mario 64. Or it, it, it felt like I didn't care that the graphics... Uh, weren't PS4 level. I didn't play that game for right. the graphical prowess. I played it because it was Mario. And it's it's literally, it's a nostalgic thing. I mean, it just warms the heart to play those Nintendo games. I don't care what they look like. Even though Breath of the Wild is a beautiful game. And I heard somebody say this the other day, that one of the things you're going to see moving forward as we get closer and closer to photorealism and entering that uncanny valley one of the things you're going to see in games is yeah. art styles more than pure graphics. And Breath of the Wild shows that it has a particular art style. You can see more and more games leaning towards that brushed or painted art style. And you mentioned earlier uh, Cuphead. Cuphead's getting its own Netflix series too. And 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 it's weird that that, will, that yeah. Netflix series... Yeah. It'll look and, exactly um, like the game. My, my favorite <laughs> Switch game was uh, Link's Awakening, where it almost looked like you were playing with toys in a tilt shift yeah. position. And it was just a fantastic right. game. And I'm a sucker for the overhead Zelda games anyway. It, yeah. It's weird. Some of the VR games come out looking like that, where it looks like you have little toys yeah. on the table in front of you, and you're you're literally playing with them in that space 
And a, a lot of the best VR games are the ones like that, that it's not really putting you in the situation. I have one called Tiny Tracks, and it's literally like a, a toy race car track is what it looks like. And you're sitting in the middle of the track, and it's, it's basically slot cars. And it, it looks like you've set up this slot car track, and you're sitting down in the middle of it, and you're racing these little slot cars. And so it's not the best VR games sometimes are the ones that just put you in that world, maybe not that first-person perspective, but you feel like you're playing with actual yeah. objects right there. Yeah, in I know. I, got, I have a pretty decent library of uh, PSVR games that I haven't, I haven't even put in. Um, Moss is one of them that I really, really want to play. Yeah, I haven't played Moss yet. I do. Yeah. I want to. Uh, I want to find a physical version of of Moss. But uh, uh, I've I've played a lot of VR games, just mostly PSVR. But some of them have even yeah. been some of the some of the Android, some of the phone VR games. And it, it's if you've never played VR, and again, this is a whole other topic. We could do a whole show on VR. Um, if you've never played VR before. Even something like Google Cardboard and a, a little VR app on your phone is immersive enough to for you to get the point of what what the big deal about this is. And so it, it doesn't even have to be one of these uh, top of the line or high dollar VR VR systems or PC setups to see what the what the point of it is to to see the how cool it is to be and i've said this before like it the graphics in vr they don't have to be uh photorealistic for you to feel like you're in the world and it's the strangest things it can feel it can look like minecraft yeah. and i you played can feel a, like you're uh, in vr in an arcade back in las vegas in 2001 and it was one of the big clunky helmets that sat down over your head the helmet itself didn't move you turned inside the helmet and you had the yeah. pads with the shoes to where you could walk and that would propel you forward and stuff. And you had a little gun to shoot. And for the time, it was extremely cool. Never seen anything yeah. like it. But then now switching over to even the um, the VR yeah. case that came with my S8. It's one of the cases made by Oculus, but you just put your phone in front of it. And you use the app on the phone is right a million times better yeah and there's actually points where i've i've gotten myself scared by a gorilla walking up behind me that's the one thing i think i think vr that's one place that it just completely blows every other medium out of the water whether it's a movie or game or no matter the fidelity of the game is horror games in vr there's no comparison no matter what no matter how scary the movie is you're watching or the book you're reading or how good the graphics are on whatever game system you're playing, it's not as scary as even the most rudimentary VR horror game. It's just crazy that the, the feelings that you get being in that world, even though you know it's not real. The graphics aren't that good. You know, it doesn't maybe doesn't even look that realistic, but for whatever reason. Your your brain just completely shifts, and you yeah. don't you don't even think about. No, oh, I just have this headset on. There's not an actual werewolf in front of me. It's it's just a picture, and you don't even yeah. you forget about you all played, of that. Uh, you played Russian blood, and then you're you? just as scared as you've ever been. See, I have that. <laughs> it was one of the PS Plus games, and I've I've been meaning yeah, to yeah. live stream that one to play. So I played just a few seconds of it on a demo disc, and it was enough to where. It, one of the monsters got out of my line of sight and then popped up in front of me and actually made me jump. And I don't normally jump at stuff. Maybe a few few things will get me. One of the things that I try to start people out, if they've never done VR and uh, mm -hmm. they're over at the house and we're going to do some PSVR, I put in that PlayStation Worlds yeah. that came with it. And I let them do like the, the shark. I let them get in that cage and drop down. And that that kind of that kind of gets you at least it shows you what what's possible because you're in that cage 
you're not having to walk around or anything. So it, it feels like you're sitting in that cage and being lowered down into the ocean. And when fish swim yeah. by or you see the jellyfish swim, and it looks like you can just reach out and grab them. And then at the very bottom, I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know good and well that shark is not swimming around you. You know it's not real. It doesn't even look – it's not like it's photorealistic. You can tell it's just graphics. But for whatever reason, when the front of that cage comes off and you're you're left open, you begin to get a little bit nervous. And then when that shark comes, I mean, I, I found myself like literally picking my feet up when <laughs> when the shark comes and like starts to starts to nip at it. I don't know why. It's just your natural reaction. You're just like picking your feet up, like, no, don't bite my legs, you know. But it's it's crazy how realistic the feelings are even though in the back of your mind you know good and well you're not at the bottom of the ocean you're not there's not a shark swimming around you you know that's not real but everything that your yeah. brain is yeah. telling you at the time is you're about to get eaten let's do one last thing before we just kind of give our uh, our contact info and invite people to to send us messages and stuff the one other thing that we had on the uh the outline for today was the new systems that are coming out, PS5, Series X. Hi, geeks. Just wanted to let you know, Nate and Grant did, in fact, have that discussion about the next-gen consoles, but the audio was extremely messed up and had to be scrapped. That discussion will take place in the next episode. That if you'd like to contact us on other platforms, Grant is at Banjan1027 everywhere, mostly on twitch.tv. That's B-A-N-J-I-N-1027. Nate is at all the OmniGeek sites. OmniGeeks on Facebook. OmniGeeks on YouTube. At OmniGeekCast on Twitter. And you can reach him by email at OmniGeekCast at gmail.com. Also... Visit our page at anchor.fm slash omnigeeks and leave us a voice message. Your message might even be played live on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Peace.